0: Hello and welcome to episode number 296 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. In the episode today, we're learning about Mark Twain and his curious aquarium. And in the bonus facts section, we're going to learn a little bit more about Mark Twain. Let's just get started with today's show. On February the twelfth, nineteen 1908, Clemens said, I suppose we are all collectors. As for me, I collect pets, young girls girls from 10 to 16 years old, girls who are pretty and sweet and naive and innocent, dear young creatures to whom life is a perfect joy, and to whom it has brought no wounds, no bitterness, and few tears. Towards the end of Clemens' life, he suffered quite a lot of hardship. His daughter, Susie, died in 1896, and his wife, Olivia, passed away in 1904, followed by a second daughter, Jean, in 1909. Clemens fell into a depression in the early 1900s and noted that while he had reached the grandfather stage of life, he had no grandchildren to keep him company. He therefore went about befriending young girls who he treated as surrogate granddaughters. The girls in question were the daughters of couples who ran in his same social circles. He often met them on boats, carting them back and forth to England or Bermuda, as was the case with Helen Allen. Allen was just 12 years old when Clemens stayed with her family in Bermuda. Her father was the American vice-counsel in Bermuda. Her grandmother had known Clemens' wife as a child. Clemens said Allen was perfect in character, lovely in disposition, and a captivator at sight. Everything that Clemens wanted in his collection of pseudo-granddaughters. The group of girls were called Angel Fish or the Aquarium Club. The name is derived from the fish that Clemens first saw in Bermuda. He decided on that name because the Angelfish is the most beautiful fish that swims. Clemens would buy Angelfish pins in Bermuda and present them to each of his girls. Out of a dozen or so original pins, at least one is still in existence. It currently resides in the Mark Twain Library in Reading, Connecticut. So what exactly did a man in his late 70s do with a bunch of teenage girls? All manner of innocent, grandfatherly things. Clemens invited the girls to concerts, the theater, and to his own house for card games, billiards, and reading. While in Bermuda, several of his angelfish had fun riding in a donkey-pulled cart with him, Clemens initially called his estate Innocence at Home in honor of his girls. He kept in touch with them by exchanging letters when they couldn't visit, but always kept a room available and hoped to have an angelfish in as often as providence will permit. Before you get too much of a Michael Jackson vibe, it should be noted that the girls were always accompanied by a chaperone. The room for the angelfish even had two beds to accommodate a mother or guardian along with a girl. Besides the room, Clemens's house also had a billiard room which was refashioned into a sort of shrine to the angelfish. Above the door was a sign that said, The Aquarium, and inside the walls were lined with framed photos of each of the aquarium club's members. As innocent as it all was, if some celebrity tried to do that today, the press would have a field day with it, insinuating all manner of disgusting things, whether there was any evidence of such acts or not. In his day, it really wasn't much of a scandal, though Clemens' remaining daughter, Clara, didn't appreciate the behavior, perhaps being a tad jealous. When she returned to her father's home from a stint in Europe to find he had collected a group of young girls to entertain, she made her father change the name of his house to Stormfield and stopped the household staff from saving letters from the angel fish. Today the full collection of every surviving letter can be read in the book Mark Twain's Aquarium, The Samuel Clemens Angel Fish Correspondence. The presence of chaperones probably should have put Clara's mind at ease, but the letters Clemens wrote to some of the girls would definitely raise some eyebrows today. Shortly after Dorothy Harvey's 14th birthday, he wrote to tell her, "'I wish I could have those free, gratis-for-nothing voyages, and nothing to do but look at you every day.'" To Dorothy Quick, just 11 years old, he wrote after one of her visits, I went to bed as soon as you departed, there being nothing left to live for after that, and all the sunshine gone. How do you suppose I'm going to get along without you? The letters showed his love and devotion to his girls and the enjoyment he experienced in spending time with them, but today parents would likely have used those letters as evidence in civil lawsuits. Despite any of this, only one relationship ever looked to be somewhat improper, and that wasn't with one of his angelfish. Further, the inappropriate overtures didn't come from Clemens. The girl was Gertrude Natkin. He met her when she was 15 and he was 70 in 1905. The two exchanged letters and Natkin developed a schoolgirl crush on Clemens and went somewhat overboard in expressing her affection for him through her letters. Clemens became concerned about this and distanced himself from her, his letters growing more and more infrequent because he didn't want to gain a reputation for impropriety nor encourage her affections, perhaps proving that he saw his angelfish as nothing more than granddaughters. Certainly at the time, an adult male courting a 15-year-old girl wouldn't have raised as many eyebrows as today, particularly if the suitor was well-to-do and not too old, but at 70 it would have been a scandal, even in that time period. Clemens died on April 21, 1910, of a heart attack, just a few years after establishing the Aquarium Club for his angel fish. All in all, there were around a dozen members of the club who visited Clemens regularly until his death, but his enthusiasm for the club waned in his last year of life. He complained that his girls were growing up too fast, complained about their boyfriends, and cut off one girl when she turned 16. In the end, his fondness for them, primarily lying in their innocence, as something of a breath of fresh air in a cynical world, waned as they gradually lost that defining feature of children. And now for today's bonus facts. Twain's love of innocence and apparent adoration of little girls in a parent or grandfatherly sense is somewhat mirrored in another famous writer, Charles Dodgson aka Lewis Carroll, who used to take a few girls out for day trips to play games and tell stories to them. One of the little girls was Alice Little, who helped inspire Alice's Adventures Underground, which became Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. She begged him to write the story down for her that he'd come up with while they were adventuring, and the result was his most celebrated work. Bonus Fact 2. Samuel Clemens was born in 1835, a year in which Halley's Comets could be seen. He once predicted that he'd die in a Halley's Comet year. And he did, just one day after the comets could be seen from Earth in 1910. Bonus Fact 3. Clemens also associated with other women. He was a fan of several actresses who he thought showed a lot of promise and regularly corresponded with another group called the Juggernaut Club, made up entirely of adult women who exchanged letters with Clemens. Among Clemens' regular correspondents was Ethel Barrymore, an actress and great aunt of Drew Barrymore. Bonus fact four. Clara Clemens inherited her father's entire estate upon his death, receiving quarterly payments which she hoped would keep the estate out of the hands of any men in her life. Bonus fact five Clemens became a grandfather to a real granddaughter several months after his death. Her name was Nina, and she died in 1966 after ingesting a lethal cocktail of alcohol and medication. As Nina left no children behind, Clemens has no direct descendants alive today. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.